Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Back to Football podcast. That is the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. It's Friday, it's the 31st of January and we have a full house here in the studio. Joining me is number one, Levi and Beer. How are you, Levi? I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> like I never left. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I'm sure I'll be saying Happy New Year to everyone because I haven't. You should. I haven't played yeah. everyone since. Yeah. yeah. We we think just, about, year, just about. Just about first. Of, of <laughs> I think January. officially, yeah, from tomorrow, you're not allowed to say yeah, that yeah. to anyone ever again. Uh, <laughs> secondly, we have Greg Hollands joining us. How's it going? All right. Yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I'm we're good. Card, um, and uh, thirdly, uh, John Miller here in the studio, tucking into a little bit of uh, what is that? Coriander soup or something? Carrot and coriander, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it nice? It's not bad. It's Tesco's. Yeah, so, yeah nice. you know. it smells strong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you need me to open a window? No, it's all right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll sit. Um, and enjoy it. That's fine. Maybe we'll crack a window halfway through the show. Uh, we'll see how things go. After we talk about Love Island, see how things uh, settle down. So we've got a pretty good show today. Lots of stuff to be talking about. The transfer uh, deadline is today. Love Island sort of kicked into mm. gear a little bit, I think, Ooh. this week. Yep. Safe to about say. About time. About time. Yeah, yeah. The most boring series of Love Island I've ever watched up until this week. Ooh. Yeah. And Mike finally found a personality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> controversial. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, let's get onto that then in in just a second. Um, we'll also be uh, kind of previewing, at least f- with our collective knowledge of NFL uh, Super Bowl, uh, which is uh, happening this Sunday, and uh, we'll touch a little bit upon the Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary on Netflix that we've all uh, watched to some uh, degree, um, and. Uh, beyond that, uh, I guess it's just a case of catching up, how everyone's been. Levi, of course, back on the show today. How was Christmas, everything? like? What have you been doing for the last six weeks since we last heard from you? Christmas was, if I'm honest, boring. I've grown out of Christmas a little bit. Christmas has lost its like, novelty, that excitement element. I just couldn't care. I was actually more excited to come back to work than for Christmas. It's good. Um, but yeah, I've just been working hard, keeping my head down, and um, nothing really new to report. It's almost a calm before the storm before I head away and go on a few holidays. Um, just you know get refreshed and ready for the summer summer's coming up and summer's always a big season for everyone so yeah buzzing for the Euros coming up as well so yeah I can't wait for that Um, we should probably talk about the very brief fight that happened last night as well (laughs) extremely brief Um, Greg if you tell us a little bit about that yeah so obviously Jake Paul and Eason Gibb uh, highly anticipated fight didn't really come to much the I don't know if everyone's seen it uh, I haven't seen it, but I was following it on Sky. Uh, yeah. like, so I woke didn't. up at like three, oh, right. so I was following all of the fights. Yeah, um, so I couldn't get back to sleep. Right. So I know it was very short lived, yeah. but I haven't actually seen any footage. Mm. Round one TKO. Yeah, Probably best you didn't bother watching it, if, like, if I'm honest. It's uh, a shame because I feel bad for everyone that supported Gibb because uh, you know you got Vidal Riley, a brilliant coach, brilliant young uh, boxer, and KSI obviously did what he did and turned to boxer in his own right. And then Gibbs sort of went out and didn't really inflict anything. He didn't really feel that he progressed from the fight that he had with Jay Swindler over over a year and a half ago. Now, <laughs> footwork was dodgy. Do you what Levi? You're pulling a few but, faces. Yeah, there. just because I just want to. I just want to be as honest as possible. Yeah, because quite frankly, he shouldn't have been in that ring. He was shit. Yeah, Jake Paul. That's I was impressed with Jake Paul. Completely honest. I was impressed with Jake Paul. A lot of combos he was throwing and connecting. He looked more all round than even. Logan Paul was yeah. in the, in the ring. If I'm honest, he looked like he'd been training for boxing, yeah. and I think if if, if KSI and and Jake Paul do continue this YouTube crap that they're doing, um, then that will be an interesting fight. Um, but Gibbs should just stop where he is and stop wasting Vidal's time and stop yeah. wasting everyone else's time because. He was unorthodox, his stance was all wrong, his mm. balance was all wrong, he threw wild punches, and quite frankly, he just looked like a beginner. And yeah. Yeah. I think in both of the YouTube fights that we've seen and whatnot, I think to some extent they've tried to make it look professional. Mm. He would be damaging that YouTube boxing brand if they kept putting him in the ring because he looked terrible. Yeah, definitely. And he got sat down very, very quickly. Yeah, and with really pun- punches with not a lot behind him. Mm. Um, so whether it was a balance issue or whether it was just 
just it was just all wrong from start to finish. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the pressure of it all kind of got got to him and he yeah. just kind of I like, forgot so. all what he was taught. Yeah, I think so. And just kind of went swinging for the hills and then just got caught. He definitely looked like that. Yeah, I'll be 100% honest. Um, the commentators was talking about nervous energy and I guarantee that's the thing. I, I, played, I played a game of rugby in front of really small crowds but the minute I played in front of a, a big crowd and I just remember the feeling running onto the pitch, it almost feels like you have to be in the game for about five minutes before you actually then reach a level where yeah. you're back to normal because it's like... Your breathing's affected. You can't you can't take as deep a breath mm. as you, you can. You're tense. You're on edge, and everything's just has that margin of error in it. Basically, everything that you do. Um, yeah. So being able to experience that, and if he would have probably felt exactly the same if when he was in that ring. So problem is he never got five minutes. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Didn't get five minutes to <laughs> settle into it. Um, and I guess that's what you got you got to do if you're going to hit the professional ranks. Um, you got to prepare for that nervous energy and being able to cope with that and he just never did and I yeah. think based on his skill set as well that we saw yeah, he, he'd have to take a while to come back in the ring yeah. I hadn't actually made the link as well between the fact that they were fighting in Miami more or less because of the Super Bowl because everyone's in Miami this week Ooh. so yeah. I, I thought it was a bit weird in the first place that they were fighting in Miami sort of midweek sort of fight night thing well, in Flor- I thought they were in Florida yeah, Miami, Florida, Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah, mate. My geography's Jog- all off. Geography's <laughs> all off. Yeah, Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn definitely saw the sense in not creating them as the main event, yeah, like yeah. KSI and Logan, because it was like a prelim or an early prelim. It was a pretty stacked card, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you... If that was the main event, you'd be really disappointed. Oh yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, there's, uh, there's another huge story uh, that rocked the world of sport this week that we should touch on. Uh, it's happened obviously in between our, th- this show and our last show uh, and that was the, the tragic passing of um, Kobe Bryant, uh, his daughter Gianna uh, and, and seven seven other um, There was her, her coach and wife yeah. and their daughter as well, wasn't there? Yeah, Awful. so obviously um, deepest kind of condolences go towards them. Uh, where were you all kind of when you heard about this breaking? John, I haven't caught up with you about this. Uh, where did you I, hear about the news and, and, and I, what was I was watching know, what was thoughts? something on Netflix or I was I watching Love Island. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Before it, my Netflix went crazy, we'll come on to that shortly. But yeah, it popped up on my on my phone. Obviously, you guys probably have it as well, like Sky Sports and BBC News that kind of give you notifications and stuff. And I kind of read it and I thought, that must be a joke or something. Mm. Like, surely not. Like, and, you, and, and then you think, that's not really a joke of Sky Sports. It's not like just Twitter. And then I had to see it on Twitter. And then you're just hoping, in a situation like that, you're just hoping that it's like a prank. Yeah. You're checking the calendar, it's not April. And like, you just think, it's just like horrific, like it's just yeah, yeah it's just horrific news. Um, you know, it's just and and Kobe, Kobe as an athlete, kind of growing up. Um, even if you don't follow NBA, uh, and a lot of people in the UK, you know, don't follow NBA, but you knew yeah, Kobe yeah, Bryant. Like we're a we're a football podcast ultimately, um, but grow yeah, growing up, Kobe was just one of those guys that transcended his sport same as someone would probably know about David Beckham that, that didn't watch soccer um, you know he was a an amazing athlete kind of took took over from MJ and handed on that torch to LeBron who might eventually hand that torch on to Zion Williamson or you know one of these other young guys in the, in the NBA now but um, yeah definitely getting that notification or just seeing that it was like wow like this I this just, is huge I just finished watching the Liverpool Shrewsbury game um, and then I started scrolling I, I found out I was scrolling through Twitter and then you just got one tweet and then it was just like okay then it was like a second tweet third mm-hmm. tweet and then you're like oh my god and then obviously the notification comes through and you're just like this is actually a, a real thing and I just feel like it takes someone that's almost in the public eye to something really like that to happen to for you just almost take a step back and almost take perspective almost oh it's mad and it just makes you think it just completely makes you stop that it just doesn't matter who it is yeah your um, time can end yeah and it was at any moment it was the most awful feeling and as I said that I never really followed NBA um, massively 
but you just knew who Kobe Bryant was, yeah, and yeah. Um, it's just a mass, massive loss. And to see the effect they had on um, the NBA players who were having to actually play mm. as well. I was quite surprised actually that they didn't. I know that logistically there's a lot of stuff going on, and you know once fans are at stadiums and stuff, cancelling games I guess becomes difficult. But I was surprised actually that they didn't just call off the NBA for that night. Ooh. And it was seeing the reactions as well of like <sighs> some of the sports rates. I don't know if you've seen the video of Tiger Woods being told like what he's walking. I didn't see he's, it. He's Cali, he's Cali tells him. Yeah, Tory and, like, and just the disbelief of like every it's just sh- sends shockwaves really just yeah. throughout the world. Not only in just uh, the sporting realm as well, but just at the lower level, yeah. just the amount of people that almost knew who Kobe Bryant was. And it's just completely everyone, and it's made I think everyone take perspective almost and just take that step back and just look at what they're doing, uh, yeah. and just be like, and it, like it's cheesy, but every day, every day is a blessing. Like you have to literally look at it like that. You can be as rich and as famous and as successful, mm. and all you know variations of that scale, and it you know it does yeah. that doesn't mean that you can take. Living for granted, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, I think that's probably what it done for, for a lot of people that maybe didn't personally follow Kobe or personally know Kobe. It's just uh, makes, and obviously not to forget, I feel bad that I haven't got a list of names here of the other seven passengers because equally, you know, their their lives Ooh. are just as valuable. Um, and I think that's, um, that's, that's something that kind of should be put forward. Um, a lot and his, his daughter as well I've seen a lot of videos of her playing basketball incredibly yeah. talented um, it's just a, a huge tragedy um, all round and, and yeah it's, I think it is hard to quantify and whether you should even bother you know trying to quantify it but it's pro- it's up there probably with if Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo or someone Messi um, was doing this so mm-hmm. um, yeah we'll, we'll move on to, to something a little lighter uh, in, in Love Island um, which is probably the the, the most um, insensitive uh, transition of topics. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, say we're that. probably going to make this year on on the uh, the Back to Football podcast, uh, and we can only apologise for that. Uh, but Love Island, Levi, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the main man Mike there. Thoughts so far? I'm loving the energy. I'm loving the energy <laughs> that he's bringing. I'm loving the energy that he's bringing. Leanne. To the piss, um, and, quite really? frankly, and quite frankly, um, yeah. he's probably just had to take a look at himself and just been like, "All right, I've been soppy now for a little bit, and I've just completely been ridiculed on national TV." So I'm giving yeah. zero shits about anyone else now. Yeah, I'm doing what I've got to do, um, and whoever's going to come at me, let them come, and I, I love it. Yeah. Finally, got a personality. Stopped this like corporate Mr Nice Guy that's trying to get involved in everyone's business and he's Ooh. just gone full savage and I love it yeah definitely this show has come to life a bit now it has it? yeah it always takes a little bit and and I think Casper and Moore will be around the corner won't it and that's when it, it won't be called Casper and Moore that's the one thing no it won't be called no we're going to call it in, Afri- in Dist- South Africa District 9 <laughs> 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 going off to District 9 for the um, yeah uh, I think there's probably some credit owed to Rebecca she kind of led that transition of making the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. giving the show some some kind of uh, energy. Yeah. And I think she, you can't credit her for for the recent developments, but actually, yeah, I think she definitely uh, was the start of it getting good again. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just think Mike. What do you think will happen, with Mike and Sophie? Do you think Sophie's days are days are numbered or? She's desperate yeah, I think to stay in. Numbered. She's desperate to stay in, though, isn't she? I think Shauna was right calling her out straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shauna was like, if you're really that bothered about Connor yeah. being on the outside, yeah. um, then you won't be begging anyone to let you stay. Yeah. But I'm glad Leanne's gone. She brought nothing to the villa until the last two weeks <laughs> when she thought she'd start slandering Mike and muttering under her breath and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So good riddance to her. Well, just, just to go on that, what do you, what's your opinion of it? Because she was like I can't believe you did this to me you've done it just to get me out so you can move on but I, my opinion was why would he pick you after you pied oh, yeah, him, off. him off yeah like he's got he's not going to pick you she's no, lost, she, yeah. she, she, she lost she lost her head she totally I don't know whether the, yeah. the, the producers prodded her because <clears> they said you've got to do something because you're just disappearing into the background Ooh. and so was Mike because they were just they were just that boring couple they were just sitting there yeah. doing yeah. nothing um, 
And the day after, she was like, oh, yeah, like, I just want someone around me, like, sort of thing. I just want someone around me. But then Minna might come around, around me, she was like, why are you so obsessed with me? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that like, was the best Go thing. away. And I'm just like, you're just actually useless. Yeah. And I'm glad she's gone home. Yeah. yeah, me too. I think she was very unfortunate with the, the timing of it all <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> it's very unusual that there was two, there was recouplings in quick succession like there was. Yeah. Um, the producer would definitely tell and me yeah, like, like, I and think, pulled out the yeah, bag I think it definitely it was a case of she was she was stitched up on that one because usually you'd make an announcement like that like oh I don't like you I'm not, I'm not sure about it then at least you have probably four or five days to yeah. try and establish a connection yeah. with someone else yeah. but she was just caught off guard off she side was, she wasn't bothering she was caught she? lacking caught like, lacking yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah now she's uh, she's on a one way flight back to back to Heathrow Back to Heathrow. Uh-huh. She'll start sending car air fresheners sooner or later on her Instagram. <laughs> Doing all these sponsored posts for everything. Yeah. What we, what we um, thinking about Naz and Demi? We, oh. we might as well crown them our winners already, too, if I'm honest. You might yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you reckon? Demi came in, she said, I'm going to go for the nice guy that everyone loves. She's probably seen a bit of social media. Everyone loves Naz. Have a quiet word and you say, look, stick it out for a little bit. We can yeah, win this yeah, thing. Yeah, you got to play the long game. And right? after that, we can do our normal three-month thing and then we can break off the three months because that's what's written in our contract. Yeah. I, think he's, <laughs> I, I think he's a really good good guy, though. Well. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he comes across well. Um, yeah, I'm not fully convinced that there'll be, like, winner potential yet just because they haven't had any... We'll see. As soon as they give them, like, a challenge or something where there's... A bad tweet or something that's been sent out, or yeah. crit- something to be critical of them, or something like that. Yeah. And then we see how they react to that. That's when we'll know actually if they've got the legs to go on and win it. Also, um, if someone comes in and wants, wants Demi to, or something, yeah, because yeah. we don't really True. know much about Demi, Demi's personality yet, other than that she likes Nas. She mm. seems quite nice though. She does. Mm. She does seem yeah. quite nice. Mm. Um, but I'll be buzzing for the the lie detector test if they if they do that. <laughs> yeah. If they do that. Oh, yeah, and, get, yeah, and give her yeah. a, give her a few questions. Let's just find out her her true intention. Her true intention. With, with Mr. Naz. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I like I say I, I'd like to uh, think that she's pretty genuine. Ooh. What we've seen of her so far. Um, but yeah, so I'll tell you go. one couple to watch out for. They're, they're, they're definitely cracks forming in. Um, Shauna and Callum. Shauna and Callum. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. cracks forming. He well, can't they've, be been, our... they've been the bookies' favourites for like. He can't be the last he... week or so. I thought like what. He can't bother for her. Uh, yeah. I think he's just. Chilling, you're just gonna chill until someone comes in and shows him enough interest, and then yeah. the minute they show him substantial interest, he's off. Yeah, I think Casa Casa Moore or whatever they're gonna call it is mm. is gonna be damaging Ooh. for for Callum. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Oh yeah, I agree. I think she's more in it than him. Yeah, definitely. But even then, she like rats on at him a few times. Yeah, and they get on. They get under each other's. Yeah, um, they do. Skin, and I think that's because they just living bit. together and True. And, and maybe she feels that he should take it her side Cal- more in certain situations but I think she's really keen Callum's more interested in his friendship with Connor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true yeah. Callum's not really not really not on there. it and also as well like I'm not saying this is a way to judge people but obviously he's reported to have slept with like over a hundred people mm. like I, I think who's this Connor no um Connor Callum. Callum. was Connor over a hundred no, it was Connor it was Connor but Callum, Callum, Callum was about 70 plus so, yeah yeah 70 plus, plus. yeah, yeah sorry Connor Matt's great there and he, was, a, he, he, <laughs> he, he was the one that um, had a bit of an interest in um, the older women wasn't it yeah yeah who's the oldest you slept with and he's just like yeah good lad yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. What's thoughts on Justin Bieber and, and Jess and and the Mike situation? Like, who's in the wrong? Who's in the right? Opinions. Jess, Jess has been really shady. Yeah, really shady. Is, I think we're going to yeah. find out tonight as well. She's been really shady. She's like trying to paint a pretty picture to um, Luke um, and just almost pretending that mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on. But to Mike, she's. She's giving him, him, him a lot she's of the door, the door is ajar. Yeah. She, oh, <laughs> the door is ajar. I've got a conspiracy theory that they've still got the twins, like they alternate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Send one out. Yeah, exactly. It's your shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be, do you know what would be interesting if they put the other twin back into Casa and Moore or whatever? Ooh. That way they're both happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that, that meme was going around quite a lot last night, actually, about Mike or like sending the uh, Jess and. Eve. Eve. Eve, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 see where that goes. Um, I yeah. will say about the Bieber one that 
he loves the fact that he is compared to Bieber so Ooh. much that he's sort of because there's one thing of like looking like him, but he's got the tattoos like him, yeah. the hair like him. He, he must. Like him. He must get paid to do like impression. Yeah, impre- yeah, basically. <laughs> like turn up, like look alike type things. Like must Justin do. Bieber comes yeah. to your birthday. Yeah. Justin what Bieber look alike, whatever. That'd be good if he could sing. I bet he's awful. Tribute, tribute. He should do it. But I bet he's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he get. I'm sure he could make a lot of money doing a, a, a tribute act if he could sing, but. What about Shanice and Luke? I don't buy it. I don't buy I it. Don't buy it. I, I think, think he's going to get bought. As yeah. soon as he gets presented with another option, yeah. it'll, it'll flutter off. Is then, his brother the guy from Bake Off? Because they, yeah, they look, look the same, like don't they? Twins. Yeah. They, sound, they sound the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't know that. I thought that. A Bake Off shot. I was flicking through the, the, the TV <laughs> last night and there's like a kid's Bake Off right. going on and right. he's presenting it... Um, with the lady, I've forgotten her name. Um, but I was like, I just closed my eyes for like 10 seconds and I was like, it just sounds like, it just sounds really? so much like Luke. Yeah, and they look does. the same. They look the same as well, yeah. They look the same. As soon as he came in, I thought that. I'm just waiting. Fingers crossed there's a couple's vote off because then they can, they can both just get out. <laughs> They're annoying. Well, short, uh, Shanice, Shanice and, and I don't like Shanice. Nah. She talks too much. She talks <laughs> so like 100 words. And yes, like, yes, yeah. yes, they were like, oh, Go and get your girl. She's just there, uh, just uh, shit stirring and making noise. And Ooh. if she wasn't, if she wasn't the villa, I think I'd be a, a lot more interested and more calm to watch. I just feel like every time she pops up on the screen, she just does my head in a little bit. Mm. Not feeling it. Not, <laughs> Not feeling, feeling it. it Not at all. Um, all right, we'll we'll park it there for this week on uh, on Love Island. Let's have a chat about the Aaron Hernandez documentary now. John, start us up on this. Uh, Get your, get your excuse on the table. What What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I have actually been watching Netflix because I've been watching Power. I don't know if any of you have watched Power. Oh, yeah. So, I finished Power and then I was like, right, Dan's giving me a couple of, some homework. So, I've got to watch the Hernandez thing and I've got to watch some random thing about some cats or something. So, I, like, you know, the missus has gone out. So, I'm thinking, right, okay, get popcorn ready. I'll start watching this uh, Hernandez thing. And there was, like, there was music but then as soon as people started talking, you could see that, you know, their mouths were moving. There was like, no sound. <laughs> so I was like, what's going you on? You've got some like audio descriptive. Yeah, no, so section. I've turned it off and on again and all that. Yeah. And then I've gone on to like BBC iPlayer and that's working. So I'm like, okay, let me go back on. So then I go on to like the missus' Netflix and it's still doing it. So then I go onto my phone, but I don't want to watch it on my phone. And it's working on my phone. Right. But it's not working on the TV. So the TV's working, but something is just... Just yeah. on that documentary. No, on, on everything. On everything Netflix. on Netflix. So Netflix. Oh, then, then like Netflix music, like boom, that worked. Yeah, that worked. And it's <laughs> any like music that is. So say you start a show and there's music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music will come on. Right. And then as soon as someone starts talking, so that bit's random. There's no sound. So you it's, broke your Netflix. Yeah, I broke my Netflix. So <laughs> unfortunately, Dan. I haven't done my homework. That's as good as my dog game. So Levi and Greg, like Greg's <coughs> almost finished it. Levi, you've watched it twice. I've watched it twice. And I've seen it once. So we're all levels of, of familiar with this documentary. Um, initial thoughts um, on the on the whole thing, just a general overview of, of, of thoughts. I guess a question, is he the dumbest criminal of all time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can confirm. 100%. The sloppiest of <laughs> crimes ever committed. Yeah. I think even at one point he, he smoked at the crime scene and threw, yeah, yeah. And threw the, the remainders of, of the blunt He's the only at the person, crime scene. The only person in that state that knew... The victim. The knew the victim. Had the trainers on. I think marks in the car. The worst bit of it all is he shot a gun on the inside of the car, left the shell casing in there, and gave it back to Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And off the the woman that had to like park the car for Enterprise was like, "There's bullet cases (laughs) in the footwell, Um, (laughs) chewing gum under it or something that he was eating." Yeah, blueberry gum gum that he bought. Yeah. So um, I think that that's a given, right? He's the dumbest criminal of all time which well, I mean if you were going to commit a crime while you were as high as a kite that's probably the yeah. mistakes that you would make <laughs> yeah. so that, that's the thing right so what so the, the show itself presents the I guess the reasons that they they put forward for him doing all this is 
one, he's kind of uh, a victim of the, the football system uh, and concussion and playing all, you know, playing over and over again on these painkillers and um, kind of being elevated to the status of a celebrity yeah, while you're at trip. university yeah. and, the, and the power that comes with that. Secondly, they kind of present this argument that he's closeted uh, bisexual, bisexual, whatever. homosexual, yeah. whatever, yeah. And, and his uh, dad was a bit. His dad was disapproving of that, yeah. and that. Uh, I, I mean, I oh, think man. if we're looking at the documentary itself and not Aaron Hernandez, did you feel like the focus was a little bit too much on on that rather than the the concussion and side of things when they did the brain scans, for instance? Yeah, that, that was almost like a little 20, 20 minute, half an hour like segment of the the, the three hour documentary right at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that such, sh- such a key thing yeah, it should be a little bit further in there and a bit more substantial piece yeah. all, all I kept seeing was that sh- stupid quarterback I never actually played a game yeah. uh, s- what was his name Son, oh, Son Susi no Son Susi where, oh, where he sat right. there with his dad yeah, yeah, yeah. and his dad's almost like I, uh, I couldn't for the life of me by their side of the story. Nobody 100%. did, yeah. That was the general consensus on Twitter is that that they, guy was they, lying. They were so off key. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, they wanted they just wanted to like paint this almost quarterback tight end love conspiracy that transpired into this like almost l- love story of him eventually not being able to get out of the closet and killing himself. That is how yeah. they, they they tried to paint the picture and I think yeah that's what sells the documentary. Mm. But more importantly, I think they just missed the whole point of it and is a deeper meaning behind it. There should be, again, another serious look at football and CTE yeah. um, mm. to deeply, deeply consider the the effects of it. And more importantly, why are these players being filled and pumped with, with painkillers and being able to play, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Which is why people like Gronkowski have to retire at 30 years old. Yeah. Mm. He's probably... His body's probably been ripped to pieces. Even at Andrew Luck this year with the Indianapolis Colts, first overall pick. Um, couldn't quote you on the year. I would say 2011 would be my guess, but um, he, he retired from NFL this year and he probably had another eight years maybe at the top and would have gone down as, as maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's He left the game this year and, and I think... I don't know whether there's a sport as brutal mm. as the NFL in in kind of in European realms. I guess rugby is the closest yeah, thing. I've got to stop playing. Well, yeah. that's it. Like so, a thoughts from from you firstly, by and then John, I'll come on to you with with kind of football and mm. youth football and some questions with that. But um, from your experience, kind of playing rugby and people that you know that have played rugby. Have you seen any of that kind of the, the concussion side of things and people kind of suffering yeah, yeah, at I, a young age? I have I, someone I used to play with. Um, I had to be told if he got any more concussions, um, then he, he he would start basically developing the early signs of of CT because he'd had so many repeated uh, concussions, and that that's a worrying prospect almost in itself. Should we be playing sports almost that? do basically leave you susceptible to having several concussions over and over and over again. But almost this conversation is just happening with sports like rugby or American football. But then we think about it, combat sports still happen. Yeah, and, in the and, UFC. And, and that's a very, very real real risk for them. People get knocked, people get knocked out. Hmm. So they're definitely suffering concussions of some sort. Yeah. So... Yeah, you can't physically get knocked out yeah. without your brain rattling yeah, of off the inside of your skull. So why is the conversation not happening there? I mean, with USC, yeah, yeah, um, or, bo- or boxing, boxing, yeah. So I think it's probably be a serious look at a lot of the sports we're we're, we're playing and a lot of the sports that do take heavy impact yeah. to to the head because. It's a very real risk um, mm. that, that they're taking every single time. So to, to jump this conversation then over to you, John, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you're, you're fairly familiar with these regulations that are coming in in Scotland where they're banning kids under the age heading. of 12 years old from, from heading yeah. the ball and, and kind of bringing the game down onto the ground. I guess there's some benefits to that anyway in terms of playing style and fitting in with the modern game. But 
Um, is that something that that you're kind of supportive of, or do you think? Yeah, so basically, sort of intrinsic. Funnily enough, my uh, the director of the f- football company that I work for, he was on Good Morning Britain two weeks ago talking about it. So he got a random call from Good Morning Britain saying that we want to get you on. There's this growing issue about heading and dementia and stuff and. Um, new laws coming in like basically you're going to be on Jonathan Hartson's John Hartson side and then there's another coach who's going to be on his mum's side and I don't know if any of you saw it but they were just going backwards and forwards about heading and, and the coach who was for it he was like we do it from under five and if if we don't do it from under five and they start heading the ball and then in the game at like nine ten and they're getting it wrong then they're going to cause more damage so we'd rather teach them heading so that they get it right whereas like the the guy who runs my company was basically saying we don't teach it at all um, we would like it to be banned um, from under 12 from to under 12 down but it because it's not it's kind of like if it happens it happens in the game but we're encouraging putting it on the ground um, and just watching I had a game uh, last weekend one free nil thank you cheers but um, <laughs> I was watching it and I would say because the, the mum on, on the show was saying uh, son's heading the ball like throughout the whole game and he was like under nines. Now I was watching my game, my game's under elevens, right? I think my centre back probably headed the ball like once and maybe a couple of midfielders headed it like two or three times. Like the ball it wasn't in the air a lot, like as much as uh, I think people say it is. So I, I actually agree. I think that from under twelve, maybe even under fifteen down, they shouldn't have I don't think they should have heading. I think that they should just roll it on. And because I think, as well as the long-term benefits of us actually being better at football, heading is not an, a, a, uh, something that you can't pick up. Like, if you get into an academy at Chelsea or something at 15, I don't think, uh, after a couple of years of doing heading, when your skull has developed a bit more, that, you're, that you can't just pick it up. Plus, you can use soft balls for training mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so you could use that spongy balls for training. But in the games, I, I actually think it should be, should be banned. I mean, that being said, I don't really think they have to change anything about the game apart from you just don't head at the ball I don't think they have to roll it on or anything you can still play the ball in the air yeah, but you just throw ones and that it's going to be natural if people have kind of been doing it for the last five years yeah. I think a 10 year old's been doing throw ons for like five years if he's been playing from like under sevens or whatever then he's naturally going to header it on so well, if you, say, you, give away, you give away a free kick yeah. and, then you, and then you play yeah. from there yeah true because I just think if we change too much of the important elements of the game so being able to take a throw on or being able to take a corner normally mm. then you're going to take away from the overall experience of the game if you just take out header in you can still play your long ball you can still play you can still have the fundamental ways of taking a throw yeah, on yeah. Um, but you just get your head out of the way and you take it into your chest control or just bring it down on your, your leg and play. Um, but I think we, if they change anything, they should try and change as little about the game as possible. Mm. And you just take out the rule. And if it, if you header it, then you give away a free kick where you are. Yeah. No, no. So I it counts as basically a handball. Yeah. Like, it's the same yeah. thing. No, actually, yeah. I, I agree with that. But again, for the purpose of... I mean, I what my coach, what the guy was saying on there was the research, and John Hartson was saying the same thing, the research is there. Like, why is this mum saying, no, I want my son to head to the ball. Like, he loves it, he's, he's, he's playing, he's like nine years old, he, if you take it away, he's not going to love the game anymore. But like, knowing that the research is there, if it was like a debatable thing, I'd be like, oh, well, I, we'll see if more research comes up. But it, the research is there. So I don't know why yeah. anyone would be pro it. Yeah, like, yeah. Really. Yeah. Like, I don't, from, from under 12 um, down, from like under seven to under 12, yeah. I don't think it's going to make that much difference. Yeah. Uh, to the game they're not going to and also as well if it's across the board everyone's going to be at the same level aren't they so mm-hmm. it's not like if it's just oh at grassroots but at Arsenal they're doing it no if it's like across the board from under 12 down heading is considered a handball in 10 years time all of those kids are going to go through that and, and they'll their level they'll be coming from the same starting, starting place if that makes sense if everyone's played football everyone remembers definitely heading, heading the ball wrong and just oh, getting that middle yeah, where your yeah. head hurts so much. Right at the top. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it just hurts right. so much. Yeah. You have to wait that little minute before you have to shake it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's a, it's a positive. It keeps people playing the game. Um, and if in the early stages of football, they're just discouraged to head of the ball up until it does get to a stage where maybe their skull can support that sort of impact, then that's what we have to do. I guess 
we should be protecting young people yeah. before anything and then yeah. allowing them to play the game that they love. Um, once Until they can do that, then, yeah. yeah I think there's slightly probably about. an element in there as well of, of leagues and, and organisations protecting themselves, unfortunately. I mean, it sounds cynical, but protecting themselves that they don't want to be further down, you know, 40 years' time, 50 years' time, getting... You know all these lawsuits coming after them, yeah, saying yeah. that actually you didn't do it, you didn't do enough <clears throat> back then. So I think that's important that they actually do. Um, you know, and that that itself drives change. Mm-hmm. You know, organisations don't want to lose money. Luckily, that that should lead on to something good here that um, that it could reduce the concussion rate. I mean, that's the one question is after twelve years old. You know they've then free to go off and bash their head as much as they want like Ooh. I think I don't know too much about the research but I, d- I don't know whether they've actually linked the research to the frequency of headers made pre 12 years old versus no. how many people have dementia. concussion or sorry how many people have CTE or yeah. dementia at 80 years old I think that's that's something that in the future will be well um, I guess the flip side of it they get ready so they start making a few um, I don't know f- foam like scrum caps and get all the players wearing foam like scrum caps so and they can head to the ball. There's a player playing in, uh, I think it's in either the Austrian or the German league now, uh, that, is, that wears a kind of almost like a metal, or I think it's like a carbon fibre helmet now. Uh, so you could potentially see that Ooh. as a route that goes forward. And um, whether it would be something, um, I'll try and pull up an image of it, but whether it would be something that potentially they would bring in in the, in the yeah. kids games maybe to, to bridge that stage between 12 years old and going pro mm. um, that you have to wear if you want to head the ball you have to wear one of these carbon fiber helmets because so in in ice hockey you never used to have to wear a helmet so if you look at any like you get a game back in like the 70s the 80s whatever uh, none of the players will be wearing a, a helmet and then what they did is from let's pluck a random year out like let's say from 95 they said okay every every new player to the league mm-hmm. must wear a helmet but if you're already in the league you can you can carry on the rest you can play the rest of your career without a helmet if you want but we obviously advise that you wear a helmet so you saw up to maybe like the mid 2000s there'd be like the odd player left in the league Ooh. that was skating around like no helmet on like an idiot like taking mm-hmm. 110 mile an hour puck to their head could like kill you mm-hmm. um, so whether they could maybe do a, a, some sort of system like that but if I can find the, the image here um, mm-hmm. it almost feels more dangerous though if you've got half people running around with carbon fibre helmets <laughs> and then you go yeah. for a 50-50 challenge and spark the other fucker yeah. out yeah. not ideal head yeah. clashes yeah, yeah that's probably that worse than that's what, in the football that's why foam scrum cap <laughs> just a bit, of, a bit of foam just in there Gives you that extra layer of protection, and yeah. I think I think it's sorted. Yeah. yeah, I think either that or we go with what Levi first said to say that, you, that nothing in the game changes. Just that if you head the ball at under twelve, yeah, down, it's it, a free, it's kick. A free kick. Yeah, because yeah. under twelve as well is it, it, so what the ball's in the air for a throw in, goalkeeper, some goal kicks, yeah, pick clearances, kicks. yeah, and stuff. Because there's a bit of power needed to get the ball into the air, and I imagine under twelve it isn't as frequent as. So what I'm saying is it doesn't. It's not a game changer. No, that's it, yeah. really. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm completely for it. Really. I mean, especially like under seven. Some mm. of these kids they don't even get enough above waist height. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. Especially at grassroots level, I don't think there's any need for it to be under sevens to be even contesting 50-50 headers right. or heading the ball. No business mm. at that age. You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the age is when your skull hardens, but I'm sure it's like early early teens or 20s. Right, yeah, no, I think um, the, the brain reaches its like final development when you're about 20, 21. So Ooh. it's actually quite late. Exactly. So yeah, so. if you're going into football and you've taken trauma to the head... From I don't know eight seven or eight, yeah, it, it probably does have an impact, and as you say, the studies do show it. Yeah, yeah. I'm all just right. looking at my team. I don't think we've scored. I think we scored one goal, headed goal, all season in like eleven games, left from a corner. The rest were like they haven't even made it that far. And it's kind of like a near post flick yeah. or a short corner and a shot sort of thing. I don't think there's a lot of headed goals scored. And I think the research that they did was something like in the 
in the football league, something like ninety percent or ninety-eight percent of goals were passed into the net. Mm. Nice. So, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's go then uh, back to football. Actually, just to conclude on the the Aaron Hernandez uh, stuff. Oh yeah. My point, we, we definitely <laughs> down hole, went down a rabbit hole there. Um, but yeah, the Aaron Hernandez documentary, well worth checking out. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant documentary. Uh, crazy, the whole thing happened in such recent times that some, you know, someone can go out and, and kill people. He played in the Super Bowl. Played in the Super Bowl, well, yeah. They haven't already killed, in killed someone. Probably the, one of the best sports teams, dynasties ever in the, in yeah. the Patriots as well. Uh, and they are not they don't come out of this clean either. Like there's there's some blame to be put, I think, on the organisation of the Patriots as well uh, for facilitating and exploiting a quite vulnerable, vulnerable maybe is the wrong word, but uh, persuadable individual that this, had some problems. Let's not forget he was 20, 22, 23. Yeah, which um, is crazy. So, and they almost, I think the bit that struck me the most, they facilitated almost this double life that he yes. almost led. They gave, they gave, he said he had a few fears about living in his house. They gave him another apartment, basically, in some random, random area. Flat. And in there, he would just smoke and smoke Blaze. and smoke and smoke. And he, they'd almost facilitated that because he goes up to his coach, goes to Bill Belichick and says, I want to leave. And they say no. And his deal breaker and him leaving is... We'll give you a, an apartment, basically, that you can just basically yeah. go, go and do what you've got to do at. Mm-hmm. So he's able to, when he go, it's almost like he's leaving a double life way. When mm-hmm. he's in that house, in mm-hmm. his normal mansion, he's Aaron Hernandez, the football star. But when he goes to his, I don't know, small apartment, he's Aaron Hernandez, almost the, the criminal, the, the, criminal the, the street thug, and the people he was hanging around with. Yeah, bad, bad guys. I'll definitely give it a watch. Yes, once, once you get that <laughs> yeah. speech back on your Netflix. Uh, let's then conclude the show with a uh, very brief overview of what's happened in this transfer window. Uh, for me, probably technically the standout transfer has been uh, the completion of the Bruno Fernandes deal to, mm. to Man United. Um, About time he went on, to someone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, been, he's been linked with, with pretty much every Champions League club uh, out there. Uh, he's eventually settled for Europa League uh, <laughs> in United. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic player. What I've seen of him, he is ex- extremely talented. Greg, um, thoughts on the, on the transfer? You think it's a good move for him? You know what? Uh, when I first saw the news break, I was like, as a real sort of... You could have probably gone to a, a better team at the moment. Currently, yeah. Current, yeah, currently, uh, performance-wise. But... Looking back at it, it makes sense. I mean, he's a young Portuguese player. Mm-hmm. The other sort of big young Portuguese player associated with Man United, of course, Ronaldo. He'd have watched him growing up at United. Mm. To have that opportunity to sort of like step into that sort of mould. Uh, and also looking at where United are, they're not awful. They're definitely uh, a few paces behind how they have been. But to see that opportunity of... I could go in and be the player that Pogba should have been. Mm-hmm. I could go in and be the yeah. player to bring them up and be that god. Um, I, yeah, it made a little bit of sense when you sort of put it like that. Maybe rather than fading into the background of a Man City midfield. Yeah, and playing playing fifth fiddle to right the Silvers and exactly. Bruno, et cetera. Yeah, uh, yeah. John, to be the main man. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I th- for United, I think it's a good signing. Yeah. I think they need something in there. Um, don't know what this then means for Pogba now. Um, You'd think he's gone in the yeah, summer. Yeah, I would think in the summer. Oh, he, hell, maybe even tonight. But <laughs> I think in the yeah. summer, Pogba's days are. Is he injured? Uh, still, yeah, he's had surgery on his ankle yeah. now, um, and he's just chilling at home, um, getting that three hundred grand. Every best life. Yeah, but um, I agree with Greg. I'd say as well, Bruno Fernandez. I think he has that chance almost to be the player that Pogba never was essentially at Manchester United um, and that prospect's exciting for him he can almost be that guy to say yeah. we signed, they, they signed Bruno Fernandes and now Man United are challenging for top four again because that's all they'll be doing um, <laughs> and yeah and I think that's that's almost an exciting prospect for any player to be almost in, in, in the limelight of a team so yeah, it'll be exciting 68 million they paid for him so it's enough money, isn't it? So it's enough. It's cheap in the Spurs, the, 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 the business. Uh, Bergwin. 
Is that how we're pronouncing it? Yeah, we'll go for it, Stephen. I'm calling it. Bergwijn. Bergwijn. We'll go for that. I'll I'll try and sound a little bit Dutch for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. Levi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more satisfied with who we've got rid of. Um, It remains to be seen who we... uh, I'd actually actually question that, you know. (laughs) I was about to actually say, I was like, this has been the weirdest transfer window, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But... Danny Rose going to Newcastle. What's, what's all that about? Online, yeah. Like, um, that, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, beginning like, of the just, end for him. It just seems like... And Walker Peters yeah. went as well. To Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Alone, yeah. And then now, what is it, Cedric's gone to Arsenal? From yeah. Southampton? So it just seems like, what what's, what's going on? Um, I think you, Spurs might be in a bit of trouble if they get any injuries almost at fullback. We Have you got enough players to... Ryan Sessegnon now is... Yes. Uh, yeah. Fully pulled, I think, up into that. He's one of your main players now. He's yeah. got to be a starter. Yeah, Jose. I, I remember reading a few um, comments from Jose, and he does. He, he rates Sess. He, yeah. He's happy with him. Got Aurier. He's playing a bit better under Jose. Yeah. He's... Um, yeah. No. I, it remains to be seen. I think that we definitely needed to get in a striker, an out-and-out striker. Um, and it is honest. It's just been confirmed that Giroud will be staying put. Yeah. At Chelsea. Well, I'm glad because uh, so he... he won't be coming to Tottenham. That's from Frank Lampard or uh, just come in. Yeah. So personal call. To leave I, yeah, I spoke, I spoke to him just a minute <laughs> yeah. ago, um, and Frank Lampard <laughs> said Drew's going friends. nowhere. Yeah. It's going nowhere. Yeah. No, I don't think that um, this um, Steve-O lads the answer to our questions up front, but will it remains to be seen. I think that it'd be nice to go for a cup run for us, but you know, drawing against Middlesbrough and uh, yeah. Southampton in the first legs isn't great. But so if we took, let's say the. Fernandez transfer, Bergvine and uh, Minamino. Yeah. yeah. Um, how how are you ranking those? In terms of impact. Best, but yeah. In terms of what we think for the rest of the season, how much impact they'll have on their teams. I put, Top. I put Fernandez at number one. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll be starting. I think it has to be. I think yeah. he has the. He's big, the best player coming into the worst team yeah. out of those three. <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah. And he has the most ability to be able to, to almost put a clear stamp on something. So I think. If he comes into Man United and they suddenly now get pulled back into the battle for top four, he's considered a wonder signing. Um, so he has <coughs> Whereas if Minamino, for example, comes into the Liverpool team and starts doing well, he's already at a team that's in first place. So he doesn't have almost that massive impact that he can make basically for, for Liverpool. So I'd probably rank Fernandez, Bergwijn. And then Minamino. Okay, just based on purely on the impact that they're going to have. Yeah, on and then Cedric. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you've got the Mari guy yeah. as well as, as centre back. Mm. Well, that's Mar- exciting. Only because we need a defender. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know too much about. I think he was in him, the but... City Academy, uh, yeah. and that's how Arteta had the link there, Spanish as well. Um, Fulham, how are they looking? They've been a little bit busy. Uh, they're doing kind of better business this year because they're sort of shoring up people that they had on loan. Mm. Um, they've they've been kind of confirming those contracts. So Bobby Decovia uh, Reed from Cardiff got him on a on a permanent now, and um, Ivan Cavallero. So we've signed both of those as as full time players. So if we go up, that was a problem before we went up, and you had like Thomas Callas back to Chelsea, Lucas yeah. Piazzon back to Chelsea, right? Uh, several kind of other players that were on loan with us. Uh, I think it was uh, Ollie Norwood back to Brighton. Um, so this year, if, and it's a big if, but it's looking quite promising, if we were to go up, we actually have a, a squad that we can take up and kind of follow that Bournemouth model, that Sheffield United model of play in the Premier League with a team that already know each other. Um, on top of that, Michael Hector um, has become uh, sort of activated as a, as a Fulham player and uh, he's now our... He leading that defence really for Fulham and he's been brilliant in his first couple of games so mm. um, season's looking good it's looking promising uh, bit of, not the best game up at Man City in the uh, FA Cup but what can we expect you know yeah, it's could have been a lot worse. second best team in the country at the moment and a red card in the first five minutes and Tim Ring got sent off yeah after like two <laughs> minutes so uh, yeah it was never going to be good um, just seeing really quickly there Josh King linked with Man United um, that uh, Don't that obviously a former United player uh, the Norwegian link there with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if um, they manage to pull that off I think it'll be a very interesting end to the season yeah. at Old Trafford 
However, I don't think they've managed to pull that off. Um, and with the absence of Rashford, yeah, who is United's commanding standout striker? Yeah, that is where they've got the gap. So they mm-hmm. need to rush around on this deadline day, go on a little bit of a shopping spree, um, and and get get those assurances up front, yeah. um, to be able to put their stamp on the remainder of the league season. Fifteen games to go. Isn't exactly, well, yeah, it's all yeah. to pay for. Uh, two final points, which are both over in the Bundesliga, uh, involving strikers. You had the transfer of uh, Piatek uh, from Milan to uh, Hertha uh, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good signing. Spurs missed out on that one. <laughs> yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll do really well. Jurgen um, Klinsmann, um, subject to some coaching badges, uh, we hear is, uh, is obviously the, the manager there in Berlin. Get John in. Uh, and then the <laughs> second one there uh, in in the Bundesliga, another striker, uh, Erling Braut Haaland. Yeah. Is is he the real deal? Uh, is he going to propel Norway to uh, an, an appearance at the Euros this year? They come up against Serbia uh, in their playoff uh, for the Euros. Do you think they they can do it? Mitro versus Haaland. Who's who's coming out on top out of that? I mean, all I can say is numbers speak. Oh yeah. Numbers peak Lovely. volumes at, yeah. at the minute, um, and to have what is it? Is it two appearances at Dortmund? Yeah, five, five goals. goals. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. played like half an hour of football or something for that. Them. Is yeah. a ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> goal ratio. And to just go to a almost perceivably bigger team than what um, oh. Salzburg are, yeah. right? Substantially, yeah. yeah, with a fan base, and just almost pick up where you left off. I think it was the, the, the most young the, the well. most casual thing ever. Yeah, mm. I mean, think he's we, a special who, player. Who are, we, who are we to say he's not the real deal? Oh, absolutely, I agree. I think it was a sensible move going to the Bundesliga than the Premier League straight away. I think you can see a lot of uh, young strikers crashing and burning. Yeah. yeah, I would love to sit like just the signs we get from him though is that he would have actually been one of them just bang, yeah. like gone and just maybe bang 20 goals in in his first year in the Premier League. Uh, so yeah what we'll do though is we'll round off the show uh, for this week now uh, John thanks for joining us today you're welcome Levi as ever thank you very much and Greg thank you it's been a pleasure uh, we will be back next week uh, and uh, hopefully there will be some transfers that we can talk about that happen uh, before the 11pm deadline tonight uh, but have a great week everyone and uh, as always thank you for listening thank you.